0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Um, here on Word and Testimony, we're jumping back into the In His Image series. Um, this one has, um, has really resonated with me this week. And so uh, my hope is that this has a, um, a really sort of poignant place in our lives as people who trust the promises of God and respond to God in um, humility and in gratitude. Um, so I think, I, I hope this uh, episode sort of walks that, that balance. Um, so we're, we're, we're back talking about in his image, Servants of the King is the title of this one. And I, I know I've already done an episode talking about being children in the house, and, and I think that's part of this balance, but I want to take our cues from, from Jesus in, in some of the Colossians material and Ephesians material that we've been looking at along the way, but I also want to take our cues for this one from Luke 15, and we see in Luke 15, Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son, and really I think it's the parable of the prodigal sons, plural, but... The younger son of the prodigal's story comes to his senses and he insists on being made a servant in the household of his father. He's got an understanding now that life as a servant in the house is much, much better than life as an estranged and lost son. And so in that sense, he's willing to sort of trade his sonship for servanthood if it means being back in the household of his father. What's interesting, though, is when the father brings the youngest son home. He's hearing none of his son's rationale. He actually cuts him off and won't let him finish. He doesn't want any of this rationale about being a servant. Instead, he makes him a son again and celebrates his return. But it's 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 significant for us to note that the humility of the son and his repentance and his return to the house is this willingness to be a servant. He's he's got this idea that he's, he's forfeited his right to sonship. And I think there's something about this. While I have every confidence, thanks to the scriptures, especially Paul's emphasis on adoption in his letters, and John's emphasis on being children of God in the gospel especially, I have every confidence that I have been made a son in the household of God. I live in the daily humility of a kind of, willingness to wait tables in in heaven instead of reigning with the devil in hell. And I would much rather be wait staff in the kitchen service of heaven than any other option. And while it is totally God's prerogative to make us his children in Jesus Christ, our Lord, Jesus, who is our older brother in the faith and opens up this way of adoption to us, that is, that is all on God's prerogative and grace. It is most assuredly our responsibility to be humble before God with a willingness to be servants in the kingdom, and the household of God. Moses and the prophets and David and the apostles to some extent as well all have this hesitancy to be the chosen, to be counted as a son in the house, to be uh, unique in their relatedness and in their calling for the work and the ministry and the relationship they have with God. They, They are hesitant to see themselves as worthy of any of that kind of favor from God, and they are right to have that hesitancy. Yet, God calls them to his service and makes them his children. It's a both and for God. Much like those heroes of the faith, God has made us his children through Jesus Christ our Lord. And our humility in light of his overwhelming grace should prompt us to be servants in the household of God. To look at ourselves and say, I am not worthy of that sonship. And I am so happy to be of service in God's house. Jesus Christ emphasized this servant attitude throughout John's Gospel as as he spoke often of coming to exclusively do the will of his Father in heaven. What a servant attitude. And I think we should adopt the same attitude of Jesus Christ in our adoption as sons and therefore be willing to serve. Paul writes that Jesus Christ is the head of all rule and authority, Colossians 2.10. And that God has seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. He has put everything under his feet and given him as head over all things to the church. That's Ephesians 1, 20 through 22. That is how awesome the position of Jesus Christ is in the heavenly spaces. And he is our reigning king and the firstborn brother of the household of God. As we come home to the Father and are welcomed inside the house, Jesus Christ joins us in the house, unlike the older son of the prodigal story, and he rules on high over the kingdom of God, celebrating with us as we repent and come home, ruling over all that is seen and unseen. He's the head of the body of Christ. However, Philippians 2, 5-11 through 11 is crystal clear that this firstborn ruling and reigning son over all creation is also servant. Servant to the will and purposes of God. Servant for our good in his incarnation, sinless life, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. What Jesus Christ has done, he did in service to God's plan, For salvation, for our benefit. And he's a son. He's the son in the house. Colossians 1 21 and 22 puts it this way And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. While being son of the household of God, Jesus Christ has made himself a servant to the will of the Father for our salvation and adoption as sons. It is for our benefit. He serves the will of the Father. So his service in our salvation now opens the door for our adoption into the Father's house as returning prodigals. This example from Jesus Christ should reinforce our desire to be servants in the house in the same kind of humility that he demonstrates as being servant of God. We know that we are not worthy of being sons and daughters, but God grants that relationship to us based on his grace. And so we see Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. That's Hebrews 3, verse 6. And the letter to the Hebrews really starts to highlight this. Our position as adopted sons and daughters in the household of God should always be laced with humility of a returning prodigal. While God has made me son in the house, I am still willing to be part of his waitstaff instead of being waited upon. And I most definitely am willing to be part of the waitstaff in heaven instead of being waited upon outside it. If Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation and the Son of God, can express and embody the humility of a servant in the house, then I can and should as well. He in all his goodness and greatness serves. And so like the prodigal's return to the father, I, and I think we as Christians, must be willing to say, treat me as one of your hired servants. Our repentance from sin must run this deeply in us. That we understand our sin and our wanderings away from God have left us in a space where we have no right to claim that sonship for ourselves any longer Being a child is outside my rights to claim. And so I say, treat me as one of your hired servants. Our running back to the Father has to come with our willingness to surrender all of what we previously claimed for ourselves and understand that we have nothing we can demand of God. Instead, we offer him humble submission as servants in the house, and he, being rich in mercy, Ephesians 2 4, brings us into the house with the dignity of children. You can look at Ephesians 2 1 through 10 for that whole thing, and you can look back at Hebrews chapter 3 for the sort of combination of ideas there. We should never presume upon his grace, but trust that his grace is good enough for all we need as he fulfills his promises to us. But to the Father, we must always say, I come home in humility, ready to be a servant in your house. Jesus Christ then welcomes us in by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And so, so then we are encouraged to draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews 10, 20 through 22. Our drawing near to God is saturated in hope and humility. The hope of adoption, which we are promised, and humility to be servants. Of our Father in heaven. I hope this was helpful. Until next time on the podcast.